Before we get started, I have a quick favor. I've been self-funding the Finding Genius podcast for five years now. I've done over 3,000 episodes. And as you can see on YouTube, we're up over a million views on the channel, which is fantastic. The next thing I really want to push on is to get up to 10,000 subscribers. Because once we do, we'll be able to put a donate button and uh, we'll be able to solicit donations uh, to help keep the podcast running and to also get the Finding Genius Foundation moving along. We have a big project studying anxiety, depression, and PTSD, and working on a product to help people overcome these problems uh, because I've seen them explode recently after the, uh, you know, the last two years of the whole virus situation. So if you would, please subscribe to the podcast. That would help us tremendously. Give us a thumbs up. And check in the description for Buy Me a Coffee. It's about five bucks. If you could buy me a coffee, I'd really appreciate it. It would help keep the channel going, and I love coffee. Thank you. Forget frequently asked questions. Common sense. Common knowledge. Or Google. How about advice from a real genius? 95% of people in any profession are good enough to be qualified and licensed. 5% go above and beyond. They become very good at what they do. But only 0.1% are real geniuses. Richard Jacobs has made it his life's mission to find them for you. He hunts down and interviews geniuses in every field. Sleep science, cancer, stem cells, ketogenic diets, and more. Here come the geniuses. This is the Finding Genius Podcast with Richard Jacobs. Before we continue, I've been personally funding the Finding Genius Podcast for four and a half years now, which has led to 2,700 plus interviews of clinicians, researchers, scientists, CEOs, and other amazing people who are working to advance science and improve our lives and our world. Even though this podcast gets 100,000 plus downloads a month, we need your help to reach hundreds of thousands more worldwide. Please visit FindingGeniusPodcast.com and click on Support Us. We have three levels of membership from 10 to $49 a month, including perks such as the ability to see ahead in our interview calendar and ask questions of upcoming guests, transcripts of podcasts you're interested in, the ability to request specific topics or guests, and more. Visit FindingGeniusPodcast.com and click Support Us today. Now back to the show. Hello, this is Richard Jacobs with the Finding Genius Podcast, now part of the Finding Genius Foundation. I have a real cool lady I found, uh, Becky Barker. She does what's called uh, medical tattoos. And I saw a TED Talk with her about how she is using medical tattoos to help people that have had various ailments and want to you know, get back to some semblance of looking how they want to look. And it was just a really nice talk, and I thought it was great what she's doing. So I wanted to have her on the podcast. So Becky, thanks for coming. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, no problem. Tell me a bit about your background and how you got into medical tattooing. I'm originally from Birmingham in the UK and I was obsessed with tattoos when I was 18 onwards. I managed to get a tattoo apprenticeship. I think I was about 23 and it was quite an old school apprenticeship. So I learned everything from making needles, making inks. You know, it was really in depth. I was really lucky to, to do that kind of training. After I'd been tattooing for about five or six years, I moved here to Worcestershire in the UK and a lady approached me who had had areola micropigmentation done and she had it done in hospital and she found the whole procedure quite traumatic she found it traumatic going back to hospital she found it quite painful and she just wanted it tattooed and I obliged and I did the tattoo but it just blew my mind I didn't know that nipple tattoos were a thing I didn't know that tattooing was being done in hospital and being used in this way so that kind of really lit a fire in me because I very much believe in 
tattoos being empowering like I have a lot of body art and I find it very empowering it allowed me to create an identity for myself but then taking it to another level where it's actually giving back something that someone has lost was just something that spoke to me so much um and at that point I did start to look for kind of some further education in it because although you know I'm a tattoo artist we're dealing with a lot of other variables when it comes to tattooing scar tissue and you know skin that's been through radiation things like that but there wasn't really much training and there wasn't training for a tattoo artist it was very much geared towards the medical field and the cosmetic tattoo kind of industry so it was about three years ago I found someone that would actually train me and I trained in areola micropigmentation which is what's done in the hospital system over here and all over the world it's the standard but it fades very very quickly because of the pigments that are used and I kept asking the question why can't I just do this like a tattoo why does it have to fade I just couldn't wrap my head around it and everyone that I asked didn't have a clear answer there was you know people talking about the safety of inks and things like that and that really worried me because I you know I'm a body art tattooist I don't want to be causing people to you know get sick from getting tattooed so I researched that and there was nothing to back that up and so on so on so that's when I managed to do my mentorship with Stacey Ray and ART who she's she's a body art tattooer who's been doing this after she went through a mastectomy herself and lost her nipples and she had really bad tattoos done and she knows firsthand the mental health effects of that so she started you know using her skills as a tattooist to do it so I mentored with her which meant that I felt more confident in the fact that I could do these tattoos as a permanent tattoo and um, empower people you know outside of a hospital environment and it's just been a really wonderful thing to be able to to do for people and you know I've met some really lovely lovely people and it's just nice to help someone kind of get back something that they've lost yeah so there is a subspecialty in tattooing called medical tattooing yeah it's um it's such a strange thing so we've got this in the tattoo industry which in my mind embodies all parts of the tattoo industry you've also got the cosmetic tattoo industry which is the tattooing of eyebrows lips and eyeliner known as permanent makeup and they use the word micropigmentation to describe tattooing but micropigmentation really is referring to these tattoos fading and you know when they they need to fade on the face because they're out in sunlight color changes in sunlight we need to be able to do color boosts and you know change shapes of things and so they kind of facilitate this regular topper and for some reason the medical field have taken on that way of tattooing to produce their um, kind of restorative tattooing that is done in the medical field so as tattoo artists we're kind of very much left out of the loop <laughs> with regards to medical tattooing mm. but we are as a collective there's quite a few of us all around the world and we we are trying to reclaim it a little bit and educate people in the fact that there are you know there is a, a more permanent option than currently what's offered by the medical field that's generally performed by medical professionals that do their very best but they have very very short training whereas somebody like myself who has done you know a full apprenticeship and has years of experience may be able to give a client a better kind of experience than you know someone that's done a very short course and doesn't have an artistic kind of flair and all of those things so this is your um, whole field it makes sense you've been doing it for years 
Yeah, but there is quite a strange um, division. And I don't know whether that's because people are generally quite scared of, of tattooing or, you know, I'm not entirely sure where it comes from. But yes, we're working hard to kind of set standards and uh, help breast cancer survivors get the, the, ta- the tattoos that they should have. So. so within medical tattooing, what are some of the main types of tattoos people get? It's such a variety. So the term medical tattooing can really refer to anything that is restorative. So if we're giving someone back their original aesthetic, it generally would be classed as medical tattooing, especially if we're working with scar tissue. So uh, we can we can actually reduce the appearance of scars just by tattooing without pigment. This is called uh, micropigmentation, collagen induction therapy, inkless camouflage. And it's basically, it creates microtraumas in the scar that allows the scar to reproduce collagen, which can flatten the scar out. It can take all the redness out of a scar, help the scar regenerate its own pigment, reduce tightness in a scar. So that's a really simple, wonderful procedure that is just, you know, basic tattooing with no colour at all. We can then... We can actually, we call it camouflage. It's camouflage is not really what we're doing, but we can add skin tone pigment into a pale scar, which can then reduce the contrast between the scar and the surrounding skin. So that from a distance, it looks like, you know, the scar's not there, but obviously the scar is there. It's just colored in. So that can be really empowering for people that have, um, you know, been through periods of self-harming or, I've had people that have had insect bites or surgery scars or just, you know, scars from accidents and um, stretch marks as well we can work with. There is... well, so um, quick, quick question here. So some, let's say someone has uh, been cutting. You'd be able to, you know, let's say someone's cutting their arm or something. Would you be able to make it look like they, there are no cuts in their arm, even if they've been healed over and scarred over? So we can reduce the appearance we can't get rid of scars that's not really what we can do with with microneedling we can flatten the scar and you know help that scar take any redness out and just help the scar heal itself which will make it less obvious then if a scar generally is very like paler than your skin and has no kind of obvious edges by putting the skin tone in there from a distance it won't be obvious and a lot of the time that is enough to give someone confidence to wear short sleeves and you know or whatever it is that they want to do that their scars are stopping them from doing obviously it's not like a magic wand and um, I think sometimes people's expectations are that we can just kind of magic away scars that's not really what we're doing we're just helping disguise them to allow that person to feel empowered to go about their daily life without the first thing in their mind being their scars so it, it can be a very healing procedure yeah even doing something like that or this you know the areola tattooing how much of a psychological positive effect have you seen it had on people it's amazing like I I think it's um it's been difficult for me because with regards to um going back to the micropigmentation the the fading of the tattoo uh a lot of my clients actually come to me with these kind of faded tattoos and I started collecting data because it was happening so often and I was hearing so often that people were feeling worse about their breast reconstruction than before they had these tattoos because they're just left with like pink smudges. So it almost makes the breast look worse than having nothing there. And I did do a survey and I collected um, quite a lot of data where the majority of people that had micropigmentation performed of their areola were like their mental health was detrimentally affected by that. And there were some really, really heartbreaking comments in this survey. And so that pushed me on more to like do things like the TED talk and things like that, just to get that information out there. But then on the flip side of that, when we come to 
either fix that tattoo or when we are creating something that is unique and artistic and has longevity the effects of that can be amazing for people you know you you hear about uh you know some of my clients will be like you know getting their breasts out in the office to show everyone and it's it's like they are able to connect with their husband again on another level because they have that confidence back because once you put that nipple and areola complex onto a breast that maybe didn't have one and I'm not saying that everybody needs to have this um it's not you know it is optional um but for some people it really is that thing of having the aesthetic of a natural breast that takes the eye away from the scars that are around it it helps you forget a little bit about you know what your breasts have actually been through because you know you just feel whole again um and as I said it's not for everyone like some people perfectly empowered just being you know but I think for some people tattooing can just really help them feel confident and be able to connect with you know like I say their spouses and their family and things like that yeah no that's really really cool so you learned you did a separate apprenticeship to learn this and then you started doing it and you know what are some of the the things you've noticed or what are some of the techniques you brought to bear to make it better than what's happening right now I think it's so the obviously in body art tattooing we do we do work differently to cosmetic tattoos which is where the micropigmentation comes from and I think there, there has been so much more education now more people are doing you know more artistic kind of pieces because what we found is you know years ago especially if if you've got a nurse for example doing these tattoos and they are not, you know, they're a nurse. They they haven't got time to learn how to draw a realistic 3D nipple and then tattoo it in scar tissue. So you had this very kind of basic two circle, one color kind of tattoo that was going around that was on people that had had a breast reconstruction. So I think with education, just showing people that, you know, we, we can create something that's actually looks realistic and, you know, is unique to them. It's not just like a cookie cutter here's your two circles like with a template it has to be unique because nipples we know we're all different and also just educating people about scar tissue and how to tattoo scar tissue we as tattoo artists tend to use bigger groupings and needles and the reason that we do this is because the more space you've got between the needle it's like a bed of nails kind of thing so the more spread out the needles the less trauma you're actually causing to the skin the cosmetic tattoo industry tend to use very tight small groupings of needles which can actually churn up the skin quite a lot so we're just trying to you know educate people in you know ways that would be safer to do this and get kind of longer lasting better results long term and yeah so there's hopefully I think it it is definitely improving hopefully it just continues improving and like I said everybody should be empowered by their tattoo because a bad tattoo can really you know affect someone's quality of life so to reduce damage to the skin could you do it in a less dense way and then you know do three sessions instead of one so you can do like you know if I break it up into quadrants I don't know the a little bit in the top a little bit of the bottom a little bit left a little bit right and come back and do more dense work slowly instead of all at once yeah so the, the way that we generally work is the first session that we have we usually do it in two sessions sometimes we might need more but we can usually get this done in two so the first session what we are really doing is starting a conversation with the client's scar tissue because not only are we dealing with scar tissue from surgery if that person has had necrosis and or you know radiation the skin structure is very very different and we don't know we can't guarantee that that area of skin is going to 
you know, retain pigment. So you get some scar tissue that retains pigment almost too well, and you end up with a very bright area. And then you get another area in the same tattoo that hasn't taken pigment at all. So we have to do, we do the first session, and then we, we basically just tattoo kind of quite gently, very basic. And then we wait about 10 weeks. And then we can assess from then, you know, how to change our techniques to then make sure the pigment is even in the whole tattoo. So the, the first session is pretty much an experiment to see how this is going to heal it's starting a conversation with the the skin and the scar tissue and then the second session is usually when we can add all the nice details in make sure that the color matches right make sure it's consistent make sure there's enough contrast um because that's really important in making sure that these tattoos look good further down the line because any tattoo will fade that's you know tattoos do so we have to make sure there's enough contrast to make sure that that tattoo still looks good in you know however many years time so but what if you do a um, a first round with knowing pair the site and to induce collagen growth and you know make it more robust and then go in on a second session and do the ink? Yeah, you can do that. Um, I think generally uh, people are in a position where because microneedling can take quite a few sessions it's quite a long journey so if we feel that the scar tissue is not going to retain pigment which we can kind of tell by checking blood flow and things like that then we might recommend microneedling first often we might kind of assume that the scar tissue is ready to take pigment and then because scar tissue is so unpredictable sometimes we're just kind of taken by surprise so in any instance there are things that we can do to kind of help and hopefully the majority of the time someone will get a tattoo at the end of it there are some cases where people just aren't kind of physically in a in a place to get tattooed especially if there's been you know a lot of necrosis or they've got lymphedema and all of those kinds of things so we do actually have some temporary stick on nipple tattoos as well that can just help to kind of help someone feel more empowered and uh hopefully they'll be able to get a a tattoo at some point sometimes we just have to wait a bit longer do you have people um that want something besides a normal looking nipple or you know do they want a design or they they want to look as close to what they used to look like as possible yeah it's um it varies so I've I've done like heart-shaped areola before some people are quite happy not having a nipple um I have done for ladies that have had a mastectomy and chosen not to have a reconstruction um they might have a nice decorative tattoo so yeah there's the possibilities are endless really people can have whatever they want on their you know surgery site they don't have to have a nipple some people are quite happy just having like a really nice ornate decorative tattoo some people are happy having nothing it's just um it's nice to know that the options are there for people when people go through a medical procedure do they have before pictures and can you get them and does it help you in your reconstruction yes some of them do um I've had a couple of clients that have managed to get their photos before their surgery and then we just try and imitate their original nipple and areola complex as close as we can I suppose for a lot of people, it's it's quite nice for them to be able to pick a new nipple as well, because <laughs> um, nipples are, you know, they're funny looking things anyway, really. <laughs> so it's nice for them to have a choice about, you know, the size and the color and all of those things. So, again, I, I see this very much as um, a collaborative process. So I leave most of the decisions up to my client because they've got to wear this tattoo at the end of the day. I'm here to make it. But how they want their nipples to look is totally up to them so we just go through all that together and try and make sure that they're completely happy by the time they leave with their finished product well what are some of the common things that people tell you when they first come to see you like you know maybe it's obvious but why are they coming and what do they hope to get out of it 
Yeah, so you, you kind of get two types of people, really. And um, I think it's really important for people in my position to just give space for people. So you will get some people that want to go through their you know, journey and, and tell you everything that they've been through. And some people don't. And that's absolutely fine. I think it's the problem that you have is um, our brain doesn't it doesn't differentiate between what's a memory and what's happening now when it comes to our emotions. So often when we put ourselves back into the trauma of what, you know, we've been through, um, it can then come up. So especially if you're lying your client on a bed that they may have been, you know, on in, in hospital or something like that, it can bring up a lot of really kind of big emotions for someone. So my job really is to make someone feel as comfortable as possible. Like I say, if they if they want to talk to me, that's fine. Some people don't want to. We generally just talk about the weather and what's happening in politics or, you know, just general chit chat, which a lot of the time is quite a nice distraction for them because, you know, it's um I think from, from what I can gather, when when people are going through cancer, you you lose a lot of kind of friends it's almost like people don't know how to speak to you and they might kind of um just tell you that you're strong and and that's quite dismissive and things like that so it's really nice that when people come to me we can just kind of you know they're they're just treated really well you know they get a cup of tea and it's their day so whatever they want to talk about is absolutely fine um obviously you get some people that will explain about how you know, terrible they felt after their breast reconstruction or how unhappy they are with their scars or, you know, their previous tattoos and things like that. And and then you get people that when you've finished the tattoo, get really kind of emotionally overwhelmed. And I've had to learn personally how to deal with that because I am a crier. So if someone cries, I will cry as well. <laughs> and I've had, to, I've had to kind of learn to like, this isn't about me. <laughs> so um, it's been for so many reasons it's just been personally for me such a wonderful journey and I've learned so much about holding space for people and you know just letting people get emotional if they want to instead of being like please don't cry you know just let them cry let let them get it all out and it's so lovely to be a part of that process and I've made like a real bond with a lot of my clients and it's just been so lovely that's really cool where do you want to take this from here I mean I don't know like one thought that flashed into my mind it's not to it's not for like, you know, let's say bad reasons, but have you ever thought of, uh, you know, of course the patients have to be fine with it, but would they ever want to make a calendar of, you know, after photos, let's say, to celebrate, you know, how they look? Does anyone want to do that or would no it's one want to do that? you say that. Um, so I am a trustee for the Nipple Innovation Project, which is a charity over here. And we we have a directory of artists that are all um, working at a standard so they have to be verified by NIP so anyone that goes through the charity to get this work does know knows that they're getting a certain quality of work uh, we also offer funding for this procedure where we can um, because in this country obviously the NHS um, the medical field pays for the areola micropigmentation so in order for us to offer a kind of safe permanent alternative we need to also kind of offer it free of charge to people that can't afford it um but uh we've done a few things like what you've mentioned so we had a campaign um a couple of years ago called my choice and we managed to get some of the founders clients to allow us to do videos and take some photos of them all stood together with their nipple tattoos out and this year we are actually doing a calendar um we've decided not to go for kind of the like naked body shots because it's with censorship and things like that it was just we felt you know it, there were other things about these women that were 
worth showcasing so we've got you know it's, it's really coming together now and everyone has kind of picked something that they're really passionate about and they, that they feel empowers them and then they've gone and had this really professional nice photo taken and so yeah that should be um out soon yeah i was also picturing i mean if you just zoomed in and only did the nipples and you had a huge collage of like hundreds of them you know who's gonna identify anyone from that but it'd be it might be a really cool amalgamation of all your work this is an idea yeah yeah, I will. Uh, I will put that in my notebook. Thank you. Yeah, maybe do like a, a a catalog of you know again just the nipple area, like um x number of people that you've done, so people can look and be like, oh wow, I want that, or can you do that? You know that kind of. I don't know if you have like flash. I guess they call it in the tattoo world. Yeah, like nipple flash. You know. Yeah, we do. So um, as I said, like Stacey, who uh, is the founder of ART, she's a very clever lady. And yeah, we've got flash sheets. We've got a lookbook, the nipple backs that we sell, which are the temporary nipple tattoos. They match up with the flash and the lookbook. And it's all like she's got this amazing kind of product range and everything fits together. And it just really helps people to kind of make decisions with what they're having and to know exactly what they can get and and things like that so that's really exciting the other thing that we do do uh, we are trying to do is trying to implement some kind of standards for this procedure so we're kind of like the survey that I did and then other research hopefully at some point will be published to the medical field because we do feel that if if there were standards set in this work then it would just help so many people actually kind of be happy with their tattoos like they're they're, it's such an important procedure that has to be a standard of work even if it's like the minimum kind of standard but we can't really risk people having like substandard nipple tattoos because the the effect on their mental health is just too big so yeah there's lots of really exciting things kind of going on and for me it's just really about creating awareness and letting people know that tattooing is not scary uh, tattoo artists are not necessarily scary and actually tattooing can you know we can give people back toenails we can separate give the illusion of separate web toes we can help cleft lips we can reduce birthmarks there are so many wonderful things that tattooing can do for people um and it would just be really lovely if people weren't kind of put off by the word tattoo because it's, it's such a magical word to me so that's like my little mission is just to keep spreading awareness which is why i appreciate you letting me come on here so is there plenty of work i mean do you need to really go no further just get the word out about this or are there other areas of the body that you know, need attention that you see are not being serviced? Like, what, what does the landscape look like to you? Um, I think, so there are a few things that have become more and more popular uh, with regards to people actually doing the procedure. So the one is areola tattooing and the other is scar camouflage, stretch mark camouflage. So there, there is like an influx of people now offering these services. Uh, there's a worrying trend of online courses and people kind of qualifying to do this online. And that there's, this is what I mean about standards. Like that there are no standards in any kind of tattooing and it can be quite dangerous. So you've got people learning to do this stuff online they've never actually you know done hands-on training they've not been tattooing very long and then they just let loose on people and it's it's quite worrying but there are so many things that tattooing can do that I don't think people are aware of like I mentioned like the you know belly buttons toenails reducing birthmarks um scalp micropigmentation that's becoming quite a big thing but that's where we tattoo hair follicles so generally you see it advertised towards you know people that are suffering complete hair loss and they want the shaved head look but it can actually add density to thinning hair so that's becoming more and more kind of mainstream now people are getting to know that that's available but it's um it's just interesting because I think all of these procedures have been done for a very long time in the tattoo industry but because the tattoo industry has always been so 
closed off really from society people wouldn't think to go to a tattooist to get their toenail tattooed or do you know what I mean so it's it's wonderful yeah. that yeah so we like the more people that know about this stuff actually it might really help someone that's really self-conscious about something so if they can do something about that it's um it's a really wonderful thing to just spread the word about yeah tattoos tattoo parlors and all that it, it does seem like it's it's you know part of like the you know again just like being a layperson it just seems like it's part of like the the drinking, you know, sex, drugs, and rock and roll culture. I guess is what they used to call it. You know, that's what yeah. it seems like. <laughs> I know. I mean, it's like I think we all got uh, maybe I don't know romanticized by the idea of being a tattooist and living this kind of you know dream lifestyle. But then when you actually get into it, there's so much work involved and so much homework. You don't actually have time for a social life, <laughs> so you kind of become a hermit, just constantly drawing and stuff. Um, oh, sure. I think like the um, exposure of the tattoo industry, there are a few reasons why I don't like the fact that, you know, the TV shows like, you know, Miami Ink and all that came out because it, although it it put tattooing into the mainstream and it made it less scary, it also has saturated the market and you've got people thinking it looks easy and things like that. So I've got a very love-hate relationship with that kind of exposure, but it has done the world of good in just the fact that, you know, so many more people are, um, getting body art because they want it and feeling good about themselves from that because as I said like any tattoo can be you know so empowering for someone if if it's something that they really want and you know if someone's conscious of a body part and they have a really nice tattoo that they like on there they're not self-conscious of their body part anymore so I think it's wonderful that we've got the exposure that we we have um, I think the stigma is you know becoming less and less but we've just got a little bit of work to do with regards to, um, as I said, just standards, really, you know, trying to ed- educate people in the fact that just because someone says they can do something doesn't mean that they always can, like, you know, check their portfolio, um, have a good look at their work. How does it look healed? How does it look two years down the line? Like, that's what you want to be looking for. So, yeah, there's uh, but it's, it's getting there and the Internet makes everything much easier. So we're um, we're doing OK, I think. Well, it makes sense. You don't want this to become like tooth whitening where. People say like $69, do it at home yourself type of thing, you know, or yeah, I right, take this, take this course and make money being a, you know, a medical tattooist, you know, you don't want to cheapen it and you put so much work and time into making sure it's really robust and it, you do a great job. I understand why you have this organization and you have standards and all that. It makes total sense. You know? Well, it's, it's also very dangerous. Like, you know, when you think about um, what we're actually doing is, is surgery on a surface level. So we have to be so aware of cross-contamination and you know all of those things and and I've seen um people from you know the PMU industry that are are literally cross-contaminating everything because they're working but they're not being supervised so in you know as not saying that we're better than everyone else but as when you train as a tattoo artist you you do an apprenticeship so you're supervised all the time if you do something wrong someone pulls you up on it like straight away whereas when you're doing a three-day course or an online course you've got no one looking over your shoulder and it's so easy to get into bad habits and yes you might skirt by for 10 years without you know causing anyone to contract something really horrible but it just takes that one time you know for like you know with cross-contamination it's like you know you can spread really nasty things like you know hepatitis and you know just really horrible stuff if you're not really up to date on that so I do think that tattooing you know, there's a reason that it should be hard to do because there are a lot of risks. And as I said, you can cause like scarring, um, you can cause 
uh, we call blowouts where the ink kind of spreads into the capillaries because it's been tattooed too deep. You can cause sepsis, cellulitis. So that there's so many risks involved that I just think it's it's a very dangerous thing for it to become so popular that it is just like, oh, pay two thousand dollars and get this online course and then you can do this and it's like but can you though <laughs> like it's quite worrying yeah but... you don't want the the medical industry to turn against you and say oh only qualified nurses can do it which is it sounds like yeah. you're not the people that are nearly trained enough and you don't want to be shut out when you guys are doing it, it sounds like very very good work yeah it's um I think it's just communicating with the medical field I think uh in this country particularly it's quite difficult because the the NHS is such a weird conglomerate of layers of management and directors and you know business people but you know we we always try and put to them that it's it's financially beneficial for us to do you know this work as well because it is permanent so you're saving money on a yearly top up you know so it's um there are a lot of benefits to outsourcing this work um to people like us but it's just getting to the right person but we'll get there yeah no that's great you know, my last question is, what do you see as the future of the industry you're working in, the specific, you know, medical tattooing area? What do you want it to look like in, you know, I don't know, the next few years? I'd really like, you know, um, ev- everyone who needs it to be aware that this service exists. Like, it's it's not just a hospital service. You can, because like I said, people, not everybody wants to go back to a hospital to get a tattoo. It's it's quite a traumatic thing for people. There are so many wonderful artists um like cosmetic tattoo artists tattoo artists doing this work that have lovely safe nice clinics where they can take the time to have a cup of tea with you and chat which you don't get in hospital they're so overwhelmed I'd like everyone to just be aware that this exists and you know it is it's a good viable alternative to what's happening in the medical field I would like the medical field to understand that you know the knowledge that we have as an industry in the tattoo industry is so beneficial to their patients that we can be trusted with the work we're doing, which is why I do really hope that we can set some kind of standard for this so that we can become a trusted source for the medical field. So they are happy to refer us because, because there are no standards in tattooing and there are no qualifications. Obviously, if if you don't know anything about tattoos and, and you happen to be a surgeon, like would you refer someone to a tattoo probably not because you don't know you know what their background is their qualifications things like that so by setting some kind of standards it means that actually if we can become a trusted source and make sure that as I said like this work is being done well and without causing damage to the skin and is healing well then it just benefits the medical field itself because you know it raises their standards and it helps all of the um you know people that need the tattoo procedures as well so yeah just creating awareness um continuing to have conversations with the medical field and just trying to um just just keep plodding on really <laughs> maybe you could do a service called tea and tattoos you know in the uk people would yeah, like that. that sounds amazing we all live tea over here well, that's why i said it you know here it might be coffee and tattoos in the u.s but there would be tea and tattoos so. oh yeah but it's also a little bit of alliteration <laughs> I love it. Thank you. I'm getting lots of ideas today. Oh, good. Well, very good. So, Becky, where can um, people go find? So, people in England, where can they find out? Uh, you know, how to reach you or how to reach your contemporaries. And if someone's not in the UK and they want to get this done, does it exist anywhere else yet? And where do they look to find this? Yeah. So, um, obviously, uh, ART, which stands for Areola Restorative Tattoo, that's actually based in America. So, um, there are literally 
artists all over the world that are ART certified. If someone is ART certified, you know that they're doing a good standard of permanent tattooing. So if you go to www.areolarestorativetattoo.com, there's a directory of all of the artists throughout the world that are certified to ART. That's really the only standard that exists at the moment. Um, in this country, obviously, we have the Nipple Innovation Project, which is the charity that I work with. Uh, and the website for those is uh, www.nipcharity.org. Um, and if anyone has any questions for me personally, uh, my website is www.beckyadelaidetattoo.org dot co dot uk which i should probably shorten because it's a bit of a mouthful but <laughs> no very very cool becky thank you for what you do and for coming on the podcast that's really really cool so i appreciate thank you, being you here. for having me if you like this podcast please click the link in the description to subscribe and review us on itunes you've been listening to the finding genius podcast with richard jacobs If you like what you hear, be sure to review and subscribe to the Finding Genius Podcast on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. And want to be smarter than everybody else? Become a premium member at FindingGeniusPodcast.com. This podcast is for information only. No advice of any kind is being given. Any action you take or don't take as a result of listening is your sole responsibility. Consult professionals when advice is needed.